Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton, and this is the Fabringen Show live. We are in the 10 days of Tshuva, on the fourth day of Tishrei, the 19th of September 2023. You were just listening to the Kol Nidre, sorry, the Natana Tokev, one of the famous prayers on Rosh Hashanah, as it was composed by Yair Rosenblum, I believe in the year 1990, and he composed it, this tune, um, in the memory of 11 soldiers from the kibbutz he was living at the time, called Betashita, I believe that's where they actually make uh, the, the pickles, the famous Betashita pickles. Um, and actually had in our community in Linksville a few years ago, we had a woman since then she's passed away, Aliza. Um, she passed from cancer and she was actually in, uh, from that kibbutz and she was telling us how she remembers the first time when, uh, he sang this song in memory of the 11, uh, soldiers from that kibbutz who had passed away in the Yom Kippur War, how transformative it was. And now it's sung over, all over the place in Arshul, the Chazanan choir sing it, um, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. It's a magnificent melody. And I felt it was appropriate to, to play it, uh, Yom Kippur's in a few days' time. And it's also the 50-year anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. Um, this Yom Kippur will be 50 years, 1973 to 2023. And um, it was quite a dramatic war. Started off terribly um, for the state of Israel. And thank God, miraculously, they were able to turn it around. And I'm no historian, but I definitely thought that it's appropriate to mention it. I know that there's a, a lot of talk in Israel and throughout the Jewish world on this date. It's the 50-year anniversary. They opened the website, yomkippurward.mod.gov.il, um, with lots and lots of data and lots of uh, interesting anecdotes about that devastating uh, war. That thank God turned around eventually um, and turned to a victory for the Jewish people, but at the beginning it really wasn't going well. So I felt it was appropriate to honor that milestone by playing the song and by, for just a moment, mentioning, I'm sure the various shuls, Rabbanim will talk about the war and bring mention to it, but here we are, just doing our small little part. And throughout the, the, throughout the show today, would like to play various music of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur these days. Hopefully next week, if we have the show, if I'm not too knocked out after the fast of Yom Kippur, we can then go into Sukkot mode, which is a very different mode, a lot of energetic music and happy music. But today it's more serious and reflective, and Yom Kippur is an intense day. We're, we're in an intense week, right? The seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah is two days. Yom Kippur is one. Plus a week, that's the package called Aseret Yemei Shuvah, the 10 days of repentance. And um, we came out of a very uh, powerful Rosh Hashanah. I hope it was powerful for you. And now we move into a very powerful Yom Kippur zone, which is a whole different energy, which we'd like to explore um, throughout the show, what the energy of Yom Kippur is, what we could tap into, Obviously, the, the biggest theme is cleansing, start over, renewal, white, 
purity, forgiveness, rebirth. And it's all those themes that come for uh, this special, special Chag. Um, but before we go there, <clears throat> I, music does a lot more than uh, any drusha, any speech. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avton, and here we are a few days before Yom Kippur. We're just listening to Yala by Mordechai ben David. And Yom Kippur's on the zone. Yom Kippur's the headspace that's coming for Shabbat Shuvah, Shabbat of Repentance. There's exactly seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, so there's always going to be every day of the week, right? It's always going to be one, one of the days will be Shabbos, and then Sunday, Monday, etc. According to tradition, you can, uh, during this week, you can fix up. All the Sundays of the past year, all the Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Shabbos of the past year by getting these days right, by plugging into the, the powerful time that we're in, right? The, the Talmud tells us that this is the time Hashem's closest. Kra'u biyotokarov, call out to God when He's close, when's He close during this time, these, these 10 days from Rosh Hashanah Kim Kippur. And as we try to get close to God, we realize that there's a fundamental issue that gets in the way. And that is you can't get close to God until you sort out your stuff with your fellow human being. You could get as close as you want to Hashem, but at some stage God says, I'll cleanse you. I'll cleanse you for all the sins that you've done to me all the things that you maybe didn't live up to your religious obligations, to your moral obligations. But the moment, but that's only between me and you, right? Those, those, those are only the issues between the two of us, God and the human being. But the stuff that you dealt with with other people, that God expects us to sort out. And if we're honest with ourselves, the majority or... Uh, a solid uh, amount of the things we get wrong are in the department of interpersonal human being relationships. There's stuff between us and God, our Torah learning, our Shabbos, our kosher, etc. But most of the stuff that we do is between us and our fellow human beings, the gossip, the betrayal, the hurtful words, the hurtful thoughts, the hurtful behaviors, the the emotional anguish that we cause one another, the passive aggressiveness, the arrogance. Those are all stuff that's between the two of us, two human beings. And that's the stuff the Yom Kippur doesn't sort out, friends. And when we realize how big of our life that is. We realize that, yes, Yom Kippur is an incredible gift. It cleanses a, a large part of our dust or garbage or slime that's covering us. But there's such a major part that it cannot cover. And that's the stuff that we messed up between each other. And that's why it's this time of the year that we do forgiveness. It's not an easy, you know, post on your WhatsApp or Instagram status, please forgive me and all is done. It's a much more complex process where I realize 
that if I really want to have a cleansing Yom Kippur, I got to do the, a big part of the cleansing myself. The cleansing that God will do, please God. God will transform us into angels, right? Many people wear white over Yom Kippur, symbolizing that rebirth, that renewal. But that, you fast 25 hours, you come to shul, you do your small little thing, and on the most part, Yom Kippur does it for you. But the real hard work is the lead up to Yom Kippur. Sorting our stuff out. Calling up that sibling that we haven't spoken to in years and recreating the relationship. Sorting stuff out with friends. That's the stuff that's gut-wrenching. Humbling. Even heartbreaking. It's, it's, it could be heart-affirming once you're done, but the process of going through and asking forgiveness and forgiving, it's deep. It's a serious ego basher. It takes a lot of humility to say, I'm sorry, and it takes a lot of humility to say, I forgive you. Because both of them means I have to transcend my own ego, I have to transcend my own feelings, I have to transcend my own hurt, I have to transcend my own entitlement. And that is hard. Super hard. But that's how we prepare for Yom Kippur. That's how we prepare for cleansing, by doing the... uh, It's almost like you show up and you do the first wash and then you come through Yom Kippur and God does the, the serious washing machine. But when I show up and there's unfinished business between me and fellow people, my debts, my, my words, I, I, you know, I didn't follow through, my hurtful words, my hurtful behaviors. What does the Mishnah say in the tractate of Yuma, the Talmud? Sins between a person and their fellow Yom Kippur doesn't atone. God stands, stands back and says, hey, I can't forgive you for what you've done to somebody else. You sort it out. You forgive. And that's the stuff that I feel like needs more focus. You know, as we come to Yom Kippur, we often reflect on our religiosity, but we, when we think of the word religion, I often talk about it with my community, we think of the word religion, we often think of the God to human department. Right? What's religion? Sabbath, Shabbat, kosher, mikvah, tefillin, Shabbos candles, Torah learning. But sorting out your faribles, your disagreements and your gripes and your hurts and your resentments with your employer, employee, Coworker, sibling, cousin, uncle, auntie, parent, child, spouse. No, 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 that doesn't sound religious. That sounds like being a mensch. Why is that any less religious than putting on film? It's the same Torah that says put on film and it says love your fellow as yourself. Don't hold a grudge. Lositar. Lesisna sechicha bilvavecha says the Torah. Don't hate your brother in your heart. Don't take revenge. Don't go around being a, a gossip monger. All this stuff is, this is Judaism. This is religion. This is not just like a separate department of being a mensch. Being a mensch is religious. As the famous Talmud in the Shabbat, 
with the fellow who comes to Hillel and says, teach me the whole Torah while standing on one foot. And Hillel said, that which you don't want done to you, don't do to others. And the rest is commentary. This is a time of the year not only to reflect on our God-to-us relationship, what, what's, what I heard one time maybe described as our vertical relationship, right? Us here, God up there. But also to focus on our horizontal relationships, us and our fellow human beings. The vertical relationship, of course, is important. We'll all fast and we'll all do the Yom Kippur thing. But the horizontal relationship, that's where real character is tested. Can you sort stuff out? And I have to say that even in the last few days, I'm aware of quite a few people who reached out to me and told me how they've um, made peace. Siblings who haven't spoken to each other for decades. Parents and children who had a, a serious uh, break in the relationship and have chosen to recover it. It's amazing to hear. Those are the most inspiring stories. When people realize, I'd rather be united than right. I'd rather get along than being stubborn and right. When a person could get over their pride, but I'm right, but this is the way it should be. When someone could get over their ego, their personality disorder, their, their gripe to, you know, like to walk out right, and choose rather to be united and happy, that is such an unbelievable statement of growth. As we get closer to Yom Kippur, it's so important that we ask ourselves, can I clean house? What can I sort out? What parts of my life are not ideal in terms of getting along with other people? Who do I owe an apology to? Who must I forgive? Whether it's for their sake, whether it's for my sake, whether it's for just because of the sake of the truth. But how do I come into my, into Yom Kippur with a cleaner heart? Right? With a spiritual cardiology sorted. Taking care of my heart. Cleansing my heart from resentment. Cleansing my heart from guilt. Just sorting stuff out. I'm not saying 100% of fights can be sorted. There are some, there are some that are really, really hectic. But from my uh, amateur observation, I would argue that at least 75 or 80% or even more of variables are over nonsense. Objective nonsense. Stuff that really, really does not justify the rift that it creates. Starts off with small misunderstandings, starts off with personality clashes, starts with you know, jealousy, inadequacy, but that's just human condition stuff. But if a person could get over it, okay, so your in-laws, you know, treat the other son-in-law different or the other daughter-in-law different or this or that or why is it not fair and why this and why that? And we could just stop being so jealous. Stop feeling so so much self-pity. If we can overcome that natural human tendency that goes and pulls us into this competitive jealousy and just fargin, the beautiful Yiddish word, which just means the, the opposite of begrudging. Be happy for someone else. Fine, they have it. Mazel tov. Lucky them. Don't be jealous of other people's success. Don't be jealous of other people's favoritism, just allow. Just get over it. Ultimately, all the stuff doesn't matter, does it? 
we we allow relationships and we allow our heart to tear over stuff than the bigger picture and even the smaller picture are so insignificant. They're so, so small. And I get it. I'm saying we're all humans. We all uh, fall into that trap. But it comes a few times a year, especially around your Kippur, and you ask yourself and say, was it worth it? Was it worth burning the relationship on that? Is it worth that my heart is consumed with so much resentment and self-pity, jealousy and hatred? Is that what I want my heart to be? Is that what I want my kids to see? Is that what I want my spouse to see? Is that the way I want to be seen? Is that the way I want to see in the mirror? Am I a person I'm proud of? Is it, am I a person that, you know, I could say, what a mensch? Or am I so lost in my natural primitive pettiness that I can't grow out of it? And the time of Yom Kippur calls us all and says, grow up. Be bigger. See yourself the way God sees you. Forgive others the way God forgives you. Allow bygones to be bygones the way God does for you. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This, this is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson and here we are talking about, just before Rosh Hashanah, for Yom Kippur, the idea of cleansing our heart and getting ready and being pure and setting ourselves up for a, a, a real cleansing process, right? In order to get the real washing machine cleansing, I have to first do some scrubbing myself. And that scrubbing is sorting off stuff between us and our fellow people. It's one of the hardest things, but it's one of the most rewarding things, to live without grudges, to live without hatred. Right? Hatred is such a poison. It's such a poison. We don't realize it. We all, we, we know it, but we don't, we don't remember it. That when someone's full of hate, the, the, the biggest punishment is to themselves. I've shared the story many times, but allow me to share it again. I remember I was in grade six. Uh, I was 11, 12 years old. And there was a boy in the community, in the, my class in America that really got me upset. And I decided I'm going to punish him. I'm not going to talk to him for six weeks. I remember it. Now, not talking to a kid in your class for six weeks, especially if you're a bit of a talker like me, it's a bit of a challenge. A lot of times you have to catch yourself and sit there saying, oh, don't, don't talk to that person, right? The person has a comment, you're not allowed to respond. It's quite, quite laborious. What happened? After six months, after six weeks, I start talking to him again. And he makes believe as if nothing happened. Doesn't acknowledge nothing. Continuing. Eventually, I was dying of curiosity. I mean, like, weren't you upset I wasn't talking to you? I turned to him and I said, did you notice that I didn't talk to you? No. What's his response? I had no idea. And I remember till today the gut punch. Because for six weeks I was just punishing myself. He actually couldn't care less. <laughs> For me, that was like a, uh, I've, I've never forgotten that lesson. 
you hold these resentments. I'm not going to talk to this person. I'm not going to greet this person in shul. I'm not going to say hello to this person. I'm going to avoid that. Just make your life complicated. And you have to walk into shul and start worrying about which part of the shul you walk by. So you don't, you have to avoid person X and walk by person Y. I mean, why in the world would you do that to yourself? No, the, the principle of the matter, the principle of the matter, right? What we do for ourselves sometimes for the principle of it. What principle? The principle of peace or the principle of arrogance? The, true, the only principle worth sacrificing for is the principle of goodness, of peace, of unity, of forgiveness, of grace. The principle of arrogance? Nobody wins. And the one who suffers the most from hating is the hater. The one who suffers the most from resentment is the resenter. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson and we're coming towards the end of the show. Still have one more piece of music, Mina Shamayim, um, which is actually from the Rosh Hashanah liturgy in Musaf. But before we go into this final beautiful song, I want to wish us all, as we get closer to Yom Kippur, Gmar Chatimatova, may we be signed. May the complete uh, final signing of our year be for good. And may we um, do our part to bring that signing by cleaning up shop, doing a, a spring clean of the mess of our hearts. Right? The most expensive real estate in the world is not in Manhattan. Tokyo, Tel Aviv. Most expensive real estate is the real estate of your heart. Don't let squatters in. Don't let hatred in. I remember hearing a story about Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach. I don't know if it's true or not, but whatever. They said it about somebody. They asked him, do you hate the Nazis? Obviously, he doesn't like them, but he said... I only have room in my heart for one strong emotion. So I'm either going to feel love or I'm going to feel hate. I can't feel two. What is in my heart? Am I feeling resentment, self-pity, grudges, or am I moving forward? The greatest journey of Yom Kippur is not the journey that God does for us, which is powerful. The greatest journey is what we do for ourselves and for God. That's when we clean up house. And regain the real estate. Kick the squatters out. And choose to love with every fiber of our being. Choose to forgive. Choose to be the bigger person. Choose to be the way God sees us. Right? Imagine when God looks at us, what he sees. Try to be the ounce of that. If only I could see myself in just one drop. I remember this um, meme that I saw as a child. It was this person screaming out to God, saying, God, I believe in you. And as this voice comes out from heaven and says, and I believe in you. God believes in us. He knows he created us. He knows how much potential we have for greatness. Do we believe? Are we living out his faith in us? This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avson of Linksfield Shul. Have a good Yom Tov, Shana Tova, and all the best.